0: More than 3,300 were helped last year alone because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. the number two t dot org.
1: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia.
2: He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael.
1: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips.
0: When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up
1: on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You're listening to the Fuck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Despite what the Biden administration and the hacks in the media might say, it is now official. The U.S. economy shrank by 0.9% last quarter, meaning the U.S. economy is in a recession how do Democrats plan on boosting the American economy? By raising taxes, of course. I'll take a look at the numbers and the spin from the White House in tonight's Hold the Line. That's up 5,000. Oh, my gosh. Boy, not only was I wrong, down nine-tenths of 1% on first look at second quarter GDP. Down nine-tenths of 1%. Okay, I know there's an organization that decides whether we're in a recession or not, but investors, they're not going to wait. Two back to back negative quarters. It's not good. Call it whatever you want. It's not good, folks. It's not good for the American economy. It's not good for the American people. It's certainly not good for the Biden White House, which really can't afford any more bad news, particularly of the kind that can be so directly traced to the crappy decision making of the people in charge. So here it is, second quarter GDP, 0.9% down in the negative, in the red. Two quarters in a row here of negative GDP growth. And this is certainly not what the Biden regime promised. Remember, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. Actually, he didn't shut down the virus, and he has definitely partially shut down or hurt the economy. Inflation is very bad right now, as we all know. And the Biden White House increasingly seems to be run by imbeciles who have no idea how markets actually work and how to get American growth and productivity up to where it should be at this point. Now, they are just going to tell you things that aren't true. I mean, that was obvious in the beginning. We've seen in recent days all of the efforts to try to redefine what a recession is. But everyone's basically looking at this saying, yeah, it's a recession, okay? You can tell us it's not, but we know it is. So now they're going to try to reframe it in an entirely different narrative. It's a transition, you see. It's like a transitory phase, if you will. Remember when inflation was transitory? Here's Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre saying, this is a transition into a stable and steady growth period.
2: We're we're seeing what we're seeing is that we are in a transition. We had this strong economic growth because of of the work that this president has done in the past 18 months. And now what we're seeing is a transition into stable and steady growth. A
0: transition into stable and steady growth will happen when this guy is no longer president and the Democrats don't control the Congress, and you have people in charge who like American fossil fuel energy, like the uh, growth of the American economy, support small business, stop all the regulation and taxation and redistribution of wealth, these things that don't help, but that Democrats are obsessed with ideologically, so they do it anyway. Even Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, for example, who has had to admit recently she didn't know that an inflation period was coming here, she says, oh yeah, don't worry, this is just a new phase of the recovery. President Biden has said, we've entered a new phase in our recovery, focused on achieving steady, stable growth without sacrificing the gains of the last 18 months. Yes, a new phase. It's a phase where you can't afford groceries and you're running up credit card bills on everyday expenses that are going to be haunting you for a long time uh, as we enter into a recession. And by the way, they are assuming that this is as bad in all their statements that makes it seem like all right so it's not great right now it's about to get a lot better i don't think it's about to get a lot better i think we're heading into a real painful recession all the indicators you can point to right now in terms of trajectory are certainly suggesting that the one thing they hold on to the one thing they they are hanging their hat on so to speak is the low official unemployment number. Here is Biden economic advisor Brian D saying, it's not a recession because of that. In every prior recession in the United States, we have lost jobs. And over the course of this year so far, we have
1: gained 2.7 million jobs. The unemployment rate today in the United States is
0: 3.6%. There's only been a couple of months in the last decades that, the, that unemployment has been as low. Ah. So the jobs market is so great. Never mind the fact that people are getting paid less effectively because their wages don't go as far and because the cost of everything goes up and they don't own the kind of assets that are just going to be inflated or have been inflated by the economy. So they're hurt by this much more so than a lot of other people who have those kinds of assets. Um, Also, what's the truth of the labor participation rate right now. They talk about the unemployment rate. Okay, but who's involved here? As you see, there's a decline in the labor participation rate since the year 2000. It currently stands at 62.2%. This is not where it should be. A lot of people have dropped out of the labor market entirely. So to call that necessarily a low unemployment, that's, that's a misreading of the situation because there are a lot of people that aren't even trying to work, right? So what does this mean for overall productivity and growth in GDP? Ah, Democrats don't really care. They've got a bill they're passing. They're calling it an anti-inflation bill, which tells you all you need to know. If they're calling it an anti-inflation bill, it means it's inflationary, which it certainly will be because it involves a whole lot of spending, including a few hundred billion dollars. They, they just rolled this out today, folks. They got Joe Manchin to go along with it in the Senate for the Democrats. Now they're pushing a massive spending bill that they say they're gonna offset by taxing people more, so a tax and spend bill, classic Democrat maneuver here. Right as we're going into, or rather in a recession, this is the move they pull. Here's Biden economic advisor Jared Bernstein saying it is a good idea, watch. If you look at the record of how tax increases like this play out, Uh, Not only do they not hurt jobs or investment when you're
1: targeting the very top of the income scale, but they will do something that's very important to President
0: Biden and to Senator Manchin as well. They will further reduce the budget deficit. That is disinflationary in this environment. So, yes, we think this is a very good idea. Mm -hmm. They've been wrong about everything. Does anyone think they're right about this? And, you know, they don't even have to take my word for it. Because they're raising taxes. That's what they're about to do. They're going to raise taxes on corporations and on high earners. So what do Democrats usually think about this? Well, here is somebody they will listen to, Democrats. Back in 2009, Barack Obama said, look, you don't raise taxes in a recession. Watch this one.
2: You don't raise taxes in a recession. The last thing you want to do is to raise taxes in the middle of a recession.
0: Yes, you don't want to do that. That's a bad idea. And yet the Democrats are doing it anyway, because this is what they do. This is who they are. They've wanted to do it all along. And now Joe Biden is trying to buy off seniors with some kind of uh, reduction in the price of prescriptions under Medicare while he's going to be overall harming the economy, slowing growth. And probably pushing up those unemployment numbers. People are going to start losing jobs here if this, is, if this recession is as deep and real as many of us think it is. Okay, we'll have more on today's economic news with candidate for U.S. Senate from Arizona, Jim Lehman, when we come back. But right now, I want to introduce you to one of my new favorite companies, Sweatblock. Sweatblock's wipes are a total game changer. I mean, do you sweat a lot? Like an embarrassing sweat-through-your-shirt amount? Maybe you sweat a lot when it's hot outside or when you're nervous or maybe you've been diagnosed with a sweating issue. SweatBlock's products are doctor-created and doctor-recommended to stop excessive sweating. They even have a dry shirt guarantee. If SweatBlock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. This is a must-have product for your toiletry bag. They've been featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by actual firefighters. They've been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. Try it risk-free today. Wear what you want to wear and stop worrying about sweating through your shirt. If you order through their website, you can get 20% off when you use my promo code. Go to sweatblock.com and use promo code BUCK for 20% off. Sweat less, live more. We'll be right back with more
2: Hold the Line. U.S. economy shrinking for the second straight quarter,
0: which means, despite what the White House says, a recession is well underway. The Biden administration spent days trying to downplay this report, but the news turned out Maybe even worse than they thought. So, what will their message be now? Let's talk to a candidate for U.S. Senate from Arizona, Jim Layman. Jim, good to see you. Hey, Buck, how are you. Look at that. We got some. We got some Layman squad in the background there. Hey, man, I, I appreciate you being with us. I know you're super busy out on the campaign trail. I just want you're a business guy, a very successful one, by the way. So, sure. nice, nice work on Thank that. You. So what do you think when you see this this report today, 0.9% reduction GDP? We're in the Biden recession. How did we get here?
2: Well, Buck, the biggest thing I see is that a single person in that administration is an actual business person. Uh, They're lawyers or they've been in politics all their life. just have no clue about uh, what they're doing relative to this economy. Reference Green New Deal, destroying the energy sector, just going on. Uh, really need business guys like myself there that are understanding of how this economy works. This thing is very fixable, Buck, uh, very quickly, getting our energy back on robust platform, which is was we already have. They just simply distort it. This whole uh, supply chain, where you can't offload a vehicle uh, or a container on the vehicle in California unless it's uh, younger than five years. A uh, truck, that's crazy. Uh, this whole spending thing in D.C., which, of course, is a is very large part of us been brewing for some time, gotta live within our means, we can't keep borrowing money. So intend to be very hardcore on that uh, because people out here are feeling it, feeling it very badly.
0: Here is just to give you a sense of the, the spin that the Biden team is trying today. Here they are earlier this week talking about the technical definition of a recession, watch. The technical definition is two quarters of contraction. You're saying that's not a recession? That's not the tech. No? That's not the technical definition. In terms of the technical definition, it's not a recession. The technical definition considers a much broader spectrum uh, of data points. That is
3: not the actual definition of a recession. It is a significant contractionary period over a few months.
1: If we all understand a recession to be two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth in a row, and then you have White House officials come up here to say, no, 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 that's not what a recession is it's something else how is that not redefining recession
4: because that's not
2: the definition that is not the definition
0: okay what do you say to this jim
2: yeah they could uh, come out to arizona and go with me on the campaign trail for a day you hear a lot of four-letter words explaining the technical definition of what these clowns in dc are doing to our economy they have no idea not being business people know uh, what they're doing in this race here uh, buck i am the in the race who's created tens of thousands of great American jobs in the power industry, re-owned short American manufacturing, hired veterans first. I understand about the economy. Great thing about our campaign, Buck, is because of business success, I'm not having to take a single pack nor lobbyist dollars like my campaign uh, opponents uh, have been doing and like Mark Kelly, of course, uh, is doing. So I'm going there to be true to the American people and people of Arizona. Do all I can, Buck, to get this country back on square, including closing that southern border and getting this economy back on track.
0: What did you think about the uh, the anti-inflationary bill? I think is what they're calling it. That Senate Democrats now, with the help of Joe Manchin of West Virginia, uh, have put forward. It's going to spend over three hundred and sixty billion dollars on. Effectively, Green New Deal style programs, you know, solar and wind and all this, do they just not care about inflation? Do they think that inflation isn't real? How do, how do you explain this one, Jim?
2: I think it's this entire progressive left, you know, Marxism that really wants to do harm to this country, not help the American taxpayer the worker. They're on their own agenda, you know, set apart from reality and a dust that they think they can live by. In economics uh, in D.C., I'm going to bring real-world economics uh, there, but you know we don't need the government in the energy sector at all. You know we were doing just fine uh, before that, less regulation, allowing private industry to run on what the customer wants to buy, uh, and customers want to buy renewable, but it is only a small part of the overall energy sector. It was moving in just nicely, about a one percent clip a year. This disruptive nature of taking our fossil fuels away and declaring them, uh, you know, some type of evil, is absolutely the wrong thing to do. You know, we need that run this economy. Anyone out here in Arizona, we, we're a big state. You know, we're twice the landmass of Florida, so we do a lot of driving around the state. And this craziness in our diesel and gas prices, our farms are feeling it a lot, and the people going to work. I intend to be a very corrective force, and when we get there uh, in January, about.
0: And, Jim, you mentioned the border before. I mean, the numbers are just staggering. Each month, it seems like they're setting new records, not only for people who are admitted into the country with effectively no oversight after illegally crossing the border, but also the hundreds of thousands of gotaways, people that just made a run for it, got into the country. We don't know who they are. We don't know what they're doing here. Biden administration doesn't seem to be willing to do anything to stop this. One could even argue they prefer this state of affairs. What, what would you want to push? I mean, what kind of legislation as a member of the US Senate when it comes to the border would you want to see through? So I know Biden obviously can veto things, but just so we understand it from a policy perspective, what would you want to see happen at the border?
2: Yeah, Mark, this is absolutely invasion. You know, I've uh, been endorsed by the National Border Patrol Council. I've been there maybe at least a dozen times. Brandon Judd, who heads up all 21,000 other border guys, uh, is strong on the campaign to trail with us. And Brandon tells us, Jim the taxpayers have been very generous to us in terms of building out their force structure. They have the manpower they need, they have the drones, technology. Obviously, we want to finish the wall. But number one, bug is remain in Mexico policy, which means the border guys can turn away everyone like they did in 2020, had their case adjudicated. In the state they came from, that would immediately fix this problem. But we had it down to 2,000 per week getting adjudicated. It's 52,000 a week present day. And again, it's totally intentional of these Marxists that are trying to shove through their agenda with Biden and uh, Mark Kelly here in Arizona, aiding and abetting and loving it. Americans out here hate it. We're all in for legal immigration, but this being the world's refugee camp and military age males coming through by the thousands got away ways, the terrorists, it's just too much Buck. Uh, We're gonna break into this economy with all of that as well. And we've got to stop it. And with Mexico policy Buck, I will do my utmost shut down business in the U.S. Senate until we get that codified into law.
0: Jim Lehman, thanks for being with us, sir, and good luck to you.
2: Buck, thank you, Buck.
0: Tell everybody I said hi. <laughs> thanks so much. Sources inside the DOJ are telling the Washington Post that investigators now have their sights set on Donald Trump, leading some to speculate that an indictment of the former president could be in the making. When we come back, former Trump administration official Cash Patel stops by to give us his take on all that. First, I want to talk to you about one of our new sponsors here on Hold the Line, Bilt Bars. If you're looking for a delicious treat but you don't want all the fat and calories, you have to try a Built Bar. Bilt Bars are high-protein, low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, and they taste amazing. When I first tried them, I was blown away that they're actually good for you. Built Bars are gluten-free and keto-friendly, and they're made with collagen protein that your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate, and they have incredible flavors like mint brownie, coconut, salted caramel, cookies and cream, churro, peanut butter brownies, raspberry, banana cream pie. The list goes on. The best part, Built Bars taste better than candy bars. I'm telling you, they're amazing. Get a mixed box to try a variety of them. They're delicious. New flavors are coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. So easy, Built.com. And when you use promo code Buck, you'll get 15% off your order. Go to Built.com and use promo code Buck
2: today. Cash Patel, up next. You said in no uncertain terms the other day that no one is above the law. That said, um,
0: the indictment of a, former president, of, uh, perhaps candidate for president,
2: would arguably tear the country apart. Is that your concern as you make your decision down the road here? Do you have to think about things like that? Look, we
1: pursue justice without fear or favor. We intend to hold everyone, anyone, who was criminally responsible for the events surrounding January 6th or any attempt to interfere with the lawful transfer of power from one administration to another accountable. That's what we do. We don't pay any attention to other uh, issues with
0: respect to that. Attorney General Merrick Garland appeared on NBC this week to entertain questions about holding President Donald Trump accountable for his role in the January 6th Capitol riot and efforts to challenge the results of the 2020 election. So is the DOJ preparing to indict the former president? Let's ask former Defense Department official under the Trump presidency, Kash Patel. Kash, good to see you. Hey, thanks for having me, Buck. I mean, let's just start with the top line here, my man. You think they really have the, the grit, the guts, the, the moxie to bring a criminal indictment against the former president of the United States on some nonsense like this? Do You think they might actually do it? No.
3: I, I think they don't—they don't have any grit or moxie. They have insanity um, at, um, running their political operation, which is supposed to be a law enforcement agency. The one I worked at as a federal prosecutor, at DOJ. You know, the ironic question is: you have whoever that guy was on NBC asking the attorney general, "Are you going to, you know, prosecute this without?" Uh, and his quote was, "Fear or favor." Are you going to prosecute Hunter Biden without fear or favor, or is this just the one standard for the January sixth application? And. When When um, folks like Liz Cheney come on national TV and exonerate the president of the very charge she's been trying to convict him of, it's amazing the disinformation campaign the media puts on to try to pigeonhole President Trump into a false prosecution. But it's scary when you have the nation's number one law enforcement officer and the attorney general intimating that they're gonna go after it uh, because that's how politically charged our law enforcement and corrupt they have become.
0: This is from the Washington Post article that got a a lot of clicks earlier in the week on this issue. Prosecutors who are questioning witnesses before a grand jury, including two top aides to Vice President Mike Pence, have asked in recent days about conversations with Trump, his lawyers, and others in his inner circle who sought to substitute Trump allies for certified electors from some states Joe Biden won, according to two people familiar with the matter. I mean, I look at this and I say... What do they even think the charge is gonna be here? Like, he's objecting within the political process to a certification based upon allegations of fraud within the vote count. I mean, that just sounds like what you would do if you thought the vote wasn't legit.
3: Right, and as President Trump has said, he has strongly felt that the vote was rigged. So he's executing a constitutional right to investigate that matter. And who he talks to and whether he talks to anyone about it isn't a violation of any law. He can do it ad infinitum. What they wanna do is parlay that into some sort of insurrection charge. And what I was alluding to earlier is Liz Cheney coming on national TV and saying, President Trump never ordered the deployment of the United States military domestically. And my, my response to that was, thanks Liz. You just exonerated the president of the very charge insurrection that you wanted. It is illegal, I agree with you, for a president to order the domestic deployment of the military. What is lawful, as you know, Buck, is the authorization of National Guard to assist enforcement, and the record's clear. President Trump did that days beforehand, and now they're trying to put this disinformation campaign to say President Trump committed insurrection because he didn't commit an unconstitutional act and order downtown D.C. to be... Uh, invaded like downtown Kandahar.
0: Also, you mentioned the uh, sedition here or whatever they're calling it. In this Washington Post piece on the possible prosecution of former President Trump, the writers put it this way, there are two principal tracks of the investigation that could ultimately lead to additional scrutiny of Trump. The first centers on seditious conspiracy and conspiracy to obstruct a government proceeding, the type of charges already filed against individuals who stormed the Capitol on January 6th. The second involves potential fraud associated with the false elector scheme or with pressure Trump and his allies put on the Justice Department. I mean, pressure on the Justice Department, the second part of it just seems laughable to me. I mean, like the false, what do you, you know, what are you in for, buddy? Oh, I'm serving 10 years for, for <laughs> questioning electors or something. I mean, it's ridiculous. The first one sounds, sounds intense, right? Seditious conspiracy. Uh, which has, I believe, never been successfully charged against a person in the history of the United States. So you would have Democrats here the first time ever charging a former president with a crime and charging a former president with a crime that most likely here would be never charged against any human being in the history of the country. That seems like a pretty big ask. Well, you have the people reporting it as the Washington Post, who
3: I remind your audience are the same people that said President Trump was a Russian agent and he was gonna be charged for hijacking the election when the exact opposite proved to be true. And it was the Democrats who illegally used the FBI and justice system. And it seems that they're teeing that one up again here, just instant, in, uh, excuse me, replace the Russia Russiagate uh, narrative with the now January 6th narrative and throw around- Fancy big words like insurrection and sedition. And it makes it sound like, wow, everybody's got to read up on this. But you're right. You know, look, as me as a former federal prosecutor, you charge a case where the facts meet the law, not where disinformation and politics is supposed to take a political narrative and falsely meet the law. And that's what they're doing here. They can try to investigate it. What they want here is a single to run out until the November midterms and beyond so that they can continuously talk about Donald Trump being possibly indicted or impeached, because that's what they want. They don't want Donald Trump to ever run again for president. And the only way that happens is two ways, if he's impeached successfully and convicted, or if he's convicted of a felony after being charged by the Department of Justice. So these are why these narratives are bandied about, because they are terrified. Of the prospect of Donald Trump running, especially with Joe Biden, well, I don't even know what he's doing anymore. But um, you know, your audience. You you mentioned
0: Hunter Biden before. I'm just wondering. You know, you were you were a uh, federal prosecutor before. Uh, you, You think they might have the the stones? Once again, I'm looking for words here. I mean, do they have the balls to prosecute Hunter? This DOJ? I'll just say it.
3: Uh, this Attorney General might not, but you know who does? The US Attorney for Delaware, who's a Trump holdover. And by the way, I've said it before and I'll say it on your show, Hunter Biden will be indicted for tax fraud. Um, it is unavoidable at this point with the evidence that has been born out of the, remember the disinformation on Hunter Biden's laptop, Um, It's shocking. Now, even CNN reported yesterday in one of its headlines, Hunter Biden is being properly investigating for violating the federal tax code, which is a crime. And you know what's easy about prosecuting tax cases? The numbers, following the money and the bank account numbers never lie. It's one of the easiest cases you can bring and that's why I believe he's going to be indicted. I just don't know the timeline of it.
0: Does Joe Biden commute or pardon? What do you
3: think? You know, that would be, you know, I've heard this um, spoken about that that would cause Joe Biden to act and pardon his son, which would cause him to basically say, I'm never running again for president. And I think the Democrats would get their wish, which is now they don't want him anywhere near the White House, him or Kamala. So maybe that's his uh, exit strategy should it come to that. But we all know that Joe Biden's lied about his participation in the Hunter Biden scandal and criminal criminal affair. He says he had nothing to do with it. Now we've got 14 calls. And we have a recorded message saying, from the president to his son, you're in the clear. Uh, That doesn't sound like anyone who had nothing to do with Burisma, China, and Russia, and the millions your kid got paid because you were VP. It does not,
0: does it? Cash, good to see you as always, man. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, Buck. Have a great time. Emails obtained by the Washington Free Beacon show the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention coordinated with social media companies and Google to censor users who express skepticism or criticism of COVID-19 vaccines. When we come back, litigation counsel for the new Civil Liberties Alliance, Janine Yunus gives her talk, uh gives her take rather on this latest threat to free speech. Right now I want to talk to you about protecting your online data. A lot of companies promise you privacy is guaranteed. We know that's not true. That's why you need a new privacy and cybersecurity application tool called Secure. It's spelled S E-K-U-R. Secure is using proprietary encryption and offering secure instant messaging and email. With Secure, all of your communications based on servers and data centers hosted in Switzerland without using any of the big tech platforms. Privacy is a big issue now. Without real security, people can read your emails, messages, even your bank information. Secure will never mind your data and never ask for your phone number. You can send emails to your doctor, banker, lawyer, or anyone else with total confidence you're not being spied on by your internet provider or big tech. Secure is your solution to stop the constant theft of your digital identity. Cost only $5 for the messenger. Only $10 for the messenger and email combination package. Go to secure.com and take back your privacy today. That's S-E-K-U-R.com and use promo code buck
2: for 25% off. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. We've known for
0: over a year now that big tech has been actively censoring Americans who spoke out against orthodoxy when it came to COVID-19 and vaccines. But today, we're getting new information showing that the Centers for Disease Control actually worked hand-in-hand with big tech companies to squash dissent on their platforms. Litigation counsel for the new Civil Liberties Alliance, Janine Eunice, has been on the front line exposing the lies of pandemic orthodoxy, and she joins me now. Janine, thanks for being with us.
4: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, so this is interesting, because people have been thinking this was going on for some time. Here's the Washington Free Beacon reporting on it. Over the course of at least six months, starting in December 2020, CDC officials regularly communicated with personnel at Twitter, Facebook, and Google over vaccine misinformation. At various times, CDC officials would flag specific posts by users on social media platforms such as Twitter as example posts to censor. Is this, I mean, you know, we often talk about the First Amendment, Janine, and people will say, well, if it's not the government, they can do whatever they want. Is the government allowed to tell companies you got to shut those guys down?
4: No, the government isn't, and uh, that's sort of the big struggle that's going on here. So I actually had a case, and there were a couple of other people had cases. Uh, Justin Hart um, and the Children's Defense, uh, Children's Health Defense, that were dismissed because the judge said that you can't show that the government is driving this censorship. For all you know, these companies might have done it on their own. And sure, the government has made these statements because as. Beginning in about April or, or May of 2021, various uh, officials within the Biden administration were saying things like, "If big tech doesn't do more to censor COVID misinformation, then we might, you know, we might uh, impose regulatory or other legal." So it was our contention that those threats were enough to show that the government was coercing the tech companies and that's a First Amendment violation. But these emails and there was also a revelation in June where it became clear that there's this disinformation governance board within DHS that was similar. It's orchestrating it's using these tech companies to direct censorship of Americans and that's that is unlawful and courts should start finding it unlawful.
0: You had a quote from an article on The Tablet where you wrote that the natural tendency of censorship is to lock in an ever narrower and more counterproductive echo chamber. Uh, it has been shocking to a lot of people, I think, to see just how, uh, how rigid and unconcerned with correcting things uh, they've been all along here, especially when it comes to COVID orthodoxy and what's allowed, what's not allowed. I mean, still to this day, social media platforms they, they put this COVID warning on the bottom of anything that is not sort of COVID approved. And now it seems that there was at least implicit, if not explicit, government demands for this behind the scenes.
4: Yeah, that's right, and that's what these emails show even more. Another thing that was in the emails that I found rather shocking is that the CDC accepted a 15 million dollar "quote unquote" gift of ad space from Facebook, so that the government could run its messages on Facebook. While at the same time, the CDC is—it's the, the CDC is the the branch of the government that's doing this—they're um, also suppressing the views of Americans that they don't just dis- or that they don't agree with through. Um, You know, using tech companies. So they're really tilting the scale in their own favor where only the government's message is heard or or the government's message is heard much more. Um, And as you know, another component of this that I think is really important is that the government has gotten so many things wrong and things that were misinformation yesterday like masks don't really do very much to stem the spread of COVID. The vaccines don't seem to be very good at stopping transmission. Well, now we know they're true and sort of exemplifies why we have a First Amendment. The framers of the Constitution recognized that it's important to have dissent, that sometimes the majority voice is wrong and that often government is wrong.
0: What kind of damages or what kind of redresses is there? I mean, let's say that these emails, for example, prove that there really was, and I mean, I certainly believe there was, I think we know there was, but let's say you can prove in court that there was a concerted government effort to collude with the social media platforms to silence certain perspectives on COVID If that really is provable, what can happen? I mean, can people get monetary uh, compensation? I mean, what goes on in the legal sense?
4: Um, I think it may be hard to get monetary compensation, but what we're hoping for is that um, in our case, which we're appealing and uh, various other cases, we're hoping that the government, or sorry, the courts say this is illegal, the government cannot do that. That's called declaratory and injunctive relief. And basically just says the government cannot engage in this sort of uh, behavior anymore. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, that that would be good. It would be good if we could actually get the government to respect the First Amendment to the Constitution. By the way, there's there's other areas where concerns about censorship and the application of it via the federal government are, are coming up. For example, Vice President Kamala Harris put out a statement on the White House task force to address online harassment and abuse. This is the statement, this task force will tackle a threat that has been far too real for far too many people for far too long, oh God. The collective work will help modernize the federal government's response to violence against women and people of all genders. It will lead to more evidence-informed policies and interventions, and it will support more federal funding to address online harassment and abuse. How is the federal government going to be policing online harassment? I'm very curious to see what this is supposed to look like
4: yeah well i would like to know that too actually that was what the tablet article i wrote that you cited earlier was actually about I mean, these are very poorly thought-out initiatives. I think they're sort of feel-good. They sound good, you know. Oh, who wouldn't want to, you know, fight online harassment and abuse? But when you really think about it, what it means is the government is again inserting itself in whose voices are heard and whose are silenced. What is abuse? What is harassment? Is disagreeing with somebody harassment? People are constantly reporting each other on Twitter because they're, you know, offended because someone called them a name. And um, this is really not. The government should really not be involved in this. And I think one of the reasons that courts are so reluctant to do anything is because it's really new territory. We just haven't seen anything like this before because of the nature of social media. Um, But I do think that, you know, if 50 years ago the government had been telling the New York Times you really shouldn't be writing pieces about, you know, X, Y, and Z or this perspective on X, Y, and Z, the courts would have recognized that that was a First Amendment violation and they should do that here because that's what's going on. The government is deciding ultimately who gets to be heard and who is silenced.
0: Just going back for a second to the COVID censorship issue, I don't know if you saw this janine but the world health organization became so desperate to censor americans about the pandemic that they were recruiting infodemic managers who were uh everyday americans reporting misinformation online this flyer for recruitment for this program states wanted infodemic manager unicorn Recruiting the first global cohort of infodemic managers to support health authorities in addressing COVID-19. Misinformation, scan and apply. I I can't even believe, guys, are we sure that's even real? I guess it does have the
4: seal. It's so ridiculous, it's so ridiculous. And I think it's also really important. So I think, you know, what's going to happen is some people will argue and even some libertarians argue that what's happening here is that the companies and the government have the same aim. You know, the companies are mostly left wing and they want to be suppressing this information as well. So they're working together and therefore that's okay. But, I, you know, we need to recognize that there's an inherent power imbalance here. The government has been overtly threatening the tech companies. And, and it's during this time that the tech companies are giving uh, the government $15 million gifts and then doing their bidding um, that this is not a partnership that, you know, should be allowed. It's, uh, the government should not be in this business, and the courts have to recognize that.
0: Janine, appreciate the expertise. Thanks for being with us.
4: Thank you so much.
0: Whistleblowers are making new claims about corruption at the FBI, saying that agents are being pressured to inflate domestic violent extremism
2: numbers. Uh, we'll have that story for you in tonight's cricket. Stay with us. Whistleblowers are claiming the FBI is padding domestic terrorism
0: numbers and D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser wants to activate the National Guard her City, deal with the influx of illegal immigrants. We have those stories in Quick Hits. Let's get right to it. Look, there's a lot of politics inside of the national security apparatus that shouldn't be there at all. Um, this was true even when I was there working at the CIA as an analyst, and it certainly has become even more true in recent years where the national security apparatus has been used as a political weapon against Republicans, most notably against Donald Trump the uh, soft coup effort to throw him out with the Russia collusion lie, but also internally there's a lot of pressure just in the day-to-day to focus on and create a greater uh, need for a focus on uh, the issues that Democrats decide have some political uh, salience for them. Here are some whistleblowers that are claiming, uh, who are claiming the FBI is padding domestic violent extremism numbers from a letter to the FBI Director from Ranking House Judiciary Committee member Jim Jordan. From recent protected disclosures, we have learned that FBI officials are pressuring agents to reclassify cases as domestic violent extremism, even if the cases do not meet the criteria for such a classification. Given the narrative pushed by the Biden administration that domestic violent extremism is the greatest threat facing our country, The revelation that the FBI FBI may be artificially padding domestic terrorism data is scandalous. Look, let's be clear, it's domestic terrorism that is rooted in white supremacy and that they tie to the Republican Party or conservatives in some way. That's where the whole narrative, that's what the threat is really supposed to be. The threat of white supremacist terrorism that's going to destroy the whole country and tear us all apart. And that is to be blamed on Trump supporters and those who wear MAGA hats, right? That's, the, that's what this is really supposed to be. And so, of course, they're leaning on the FBI to make it seem like a bigger problem because there aren't a lot of domestic white supremacist terrorists walking around. In fact, I've never even seen or met one. Um, but they want to exaggerate that threat because it is a political club that they can use against their political adversaries. Then in D.C., which you would think, as it's a city that's over 95% registered Democrat, you'd think they would think the influx of illegal migrants to their city is a fantastic thing. Illegal migrants are the foundation upon which Democrats believe this nation is built. Make us all wealthier and wiser and better and all that stuff, right? Meanwhile, D.C. Mayor Bowser is calling for activating the National Guard to handle the influx of illegal migrants, saying it's a humanitarian crisis. Watch.
4: Well, we we need space, uh, and we we need the federal government to be involved. So I've asked um, for the deployment of the Guard, as long as we need the Guard to deal with the humanitarian crisis, that we expect to escalate. The number of people crossing the border seeking asylum, we expect to only go up. Uh, and we need to make sure that there is a national response, not an ad hoc city by
2: city, state by state response. Uh, well,
0: what's, the, what's the issue, by the way? I mean, they, I'm sure that they're just working jobs and paying taxes and no drain on resources. That's what we're always told by Democrats. So what's, what's the issue? They won't tell us. Isn't that so interesting? By the Biden administration has offered to exchange Russian arms trafficker Victor Bout for WNBA player Brittany Griner. After months of internal debate, the Biden administration has offered to exchange Bout, a convicted Russian arms dealer uh, serving a 25-year U.S. prison sentence as part of a potential deal to secure the release of two Americans held by Russia, Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan, according to people briefed on the matter. So just in case you don't know, Victor Bout is the guy who the movie Lord of War with Nicolas Cage starring in the lead role is based on. It is based on Victor Bout. So he was a big arms trafficker. And at the fall of the Soviet Union, he was taking those, you know, guns and tanks and whatever else he could get and uh, selling them to countries or to militia groups or whomever all over the world. And uh, now because of the Biden administration is feeling the pressure to get Brittany Griner specifically out, Paul Whelan too, but the Griner issue is much bigger for the Biden White House, they are willing to make this exchange, which I think is only going to result, unfortunately, in more Americans being detained by adversarial regimes and demanding such a swap. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is next Shields High. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. You donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. the number 2 t, dot org.